Coming up to turn 14 for the final time, and the crowd here at Road America appreciative of what they have been able to see out of the reigning champion of the Cup Series. It's the seventh road course win. Chase Elliott wins at Road America. Great pit stop. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We've got a great episode for you this week, heading back to Atlanta. This is a track that just screens for gamblers to throw some money down on it. And uh, to help us later in the podcast, we're going to be bringing on RJ Starcevic from NASCAR Reports on Instagram. He started that Instagram account and has built that up. And he's also the co-host of the Drivers Meeting podcast. So we are going to talk with RJ about Atlanta as well. So we'll have a little bit of backup here, a little bit of help. But before we do that, obviously, we're going to get back into the picks for Atlanta, top tens, head-to-heads. We'll do all that standard stuff and then bring in RJ at the end as the cherry on top. And I might even talk a little bit about dirt racing because we're going to Knoxville Raceway this week. So, so much stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to get through everything we can in a good amount of time. So this isn't a super long episode, but honestly, there's just so much to talk about. It makes it really tough. But before we do all of that, as always, we have to take a quick look back at the race that was 4th of July on Sunday, Road America. The, the recap there for that race. So let's just get right into it. Chase wins again. I cannot believe it, but um, also I can believe it. You know what I mean? It's just he continues to dominate, and the odds were definitely pointing at him. We talked about him to win the race. So we did cash in on it, but, you know, and it's really starting to drive me into not being afraid of the favorites, something that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But last year, the year before, you know, doing this podcast, I was always scared off by these heavy favorites because a lot of the times they didn't really come through. Well, Chase Elliott on a road course, I mean, it's like death and taxes. It's going to happen. I just couldn't believe it, especially when he missed qualifying and he just drove right through the field. Before you know it, if you took a nap, you turned in, you know, stage three, chases up front, you'd be like, what the hell happened? I cannot believe he's doing it. But, hey, it's just all the more proof. We just got to keep hammering that nine car on road courses. We're going to do it a few more times here before the end of the season. So Chase wins again. Surprising, but not surprising in, in the same vein. Now, as far as our bets were concerned, we did pretty well. Had Chase as the winner, obviously, threw a little bit of extra cash down on him. Went 2-1 and one in our head-to-head for the podcast parlay that we talked about on last episode. And then we threw out a couple other parlays on Instagram on race day. And overall, we went 2-1 and one on every single parlay. So a total of 6-3 and three record for the head-to-head matchups last week. So it was really tough. Um... As far as the, the race was concerned, head-to-head matchups did not really lend itself to the the, the gambler. Um, it was really a, a tough thing to nail down on a parlay. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But continuing with the bets that we missed and hit, Joey Logano let us down. We chose him to potentially win the race and even just the top five. That streak came to an end, his streak of top fives on road courses. But speaking of top fives, we chose Larson to not 
have a top five finish. And sure enough, he did, thanks to his teammate Alex Bowman on that one. And Kurt Busch continues the run. Top 10 finishes, so he cashed in in there. Plus 140. You better believe we'll be talking about Kurt in just a little bit. So overall, very good race. It was fun to see them practice and qualify. They clearly needed it because the race itself was wild. I mean, anything could happen at any moment. It was really tough to predict. So if we were to go back to Road America next year, I don't think I would parlay as many of these head-to-head picks. I think I'd choose the ones that I really love and just hammer them individually because it was really tough for these head-to-head matchups to really get a feel for it. Um, even the top 10 was tough. I mean, we had guys that, you know, were not really on my radar, um, kind of shooting up the, the charts there. So definitely a learning experience uh, for the drivers, but also for us as the gamblers as well, seeing who performed well at that racetrack. But it made it fun. Made it really fun to watch to see how they handled it. So overall, definitely a good race. I hope they do go back there because it was, you know, a good one to watch and a good one to bet on. So with all of that, we now turn our attention away from a track like that. It's like two polar opposites. We're going from Road America to Atlanta, mile and a half racetrack. This is the second time here. Uh, They've got two races this year. I'm not sure if that'll maintain next year, but we will be going back. And I'm surprised. I think when we recorded the first episode, I didn't even realize we were coming back here, but Sure enough, if you remember the first race, Blaney stole one from Kyle Larson after dominating that race. Blaney snuck in at the end there, the last 20 laps or so. He steals the the win from Kyle Larson. That was really the the start of Larson's dominance um, in the season. Even though he didn't get the win, it was a sign of things to come. So taking a look at the track stats, which is an interesting segment because there's some news around it, but... Track stats, 114 races all time in the NASCAR Cup Series. The winner has started on the pole 14 times. Last time it happened was Casey Kane in 2006. So a little ways away. We got Chase Elliott starting on the pole this week. If you're a believer in you know, that stat, that trend, you'd probably want to avoid Chase to win the race. Now, top five, the winner started there 54% of the time. And top 10, 79% of the time. Blaney started 10th earlier this year. Winners starting outside the top 20. It's a bit of a tough ride for somebody starting outside. Eight times it's happened. Jimmy Johnson in 2015 started 37th, so came from pretty far back. Now, manufacturer trends. Ford had a four straight win streak going, and then Blaney steals one to make it five in a row. So Ford, if you're looking for that trend, has this racetrack locked up, kind of a combination of Kevin Harvick and the Penske crew. Uh, Before that, it was Chevy winning three straight, and before that, Toyota two in a row. So a very streaky racetrack. You kind of feel like it's time for one of the other two to to step up. So Ford would be uh, kind of a tough bet to take here. The fact that they would continue that streak up to six would be a pretty monumental um, taking. So little tough there, but we talk about track stats because, well, they're going to be repaving this track. So these stats kind of, you know, change a little bit next year. We won't worry about it right now, but they've announced the the big repave. The drivers have been saying for the last few years now, please don't repave it. Please don't repave it. But finally, the owners of the track have decided they're going to do it. 
they're going to change the banking a little bit, reconfigure the, the track, and you're going to hear um, RJ in a little bit talk about you know his take on, on what that is going to result in for this racetrack. But I think it makes sense because you know we got the next gen car coming out, have that kind of synced up with the new pave. It kind of you know gives the the racetrack uh, an out if uh, the racing isn't great. You can maybe blame it on the the new cars, I don't know. They, I think it's a little strategic here as to what they're doing, but um, it's been due. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be done a few years ago. Dale Earnhardt stepped in, or Dale Earnhardt Jr. rather, stepped in and said that, hey, we would like to see this track stay the same because it really puts the emphasis on the driver, and um, finally the, the track cave. So they finally will do it, and we'll have to worry about that next year when we come back. It'll be interesting to see how the racing is now, but we got one more race so if you've got a fan, if you're a fan of a driver out there who's pissed off about this, Brad Kozlowski comes to mind here, Denny Hamlin maybe, um, who's been you know kind of cheering for this track to not be repaved, maybe you throw a little extra down on them because they're going to want to go out and get their opportunity while they still have the track that they like um, this one last ride. So looking at the odds right now, Kyle Larson is the heavy favorite, and that is absolutely no surprise uh, plus 225 is what he's going off at. And the thing about that is he makes everybody else's odds look great. So that's the, the benefit of having such a heavy favorite here. Um, Larson plus 225, and then it drops quite a bit to the next few people. Now, the thing about strategizing for betting on this racetrack is we've got our history at Atlanta, and then we also have mile and a half this year there have been five races so far that's a pretty good sample size i'm kind of treating this a little bit like we did with the road courses where we're looking at stats from this year on mile and a half racetracks and comparing it to the history at atlanta so um, that's kind of what we're going to hear us calling out when we're talking about the stats so buckle up because we're going to get right into it now with our picks to win the race and i think we have to start with kyle larson just like Chase last week, I'm kind of learning this lesson. I, I, you know, there are certain times when I do feel confident, just kind of bailing on the heavy, heavy favorite. But this time, after seeing what we saw earlier this year at Atlanta, I, I feel too weird not taking Kyle Larson at plus 225 because you're still getting a payout here. And if he goes out and performs anything like he did, you're going to be in good shape um, heading into stage three. So. That's really what I'm afraid of is not betting him and then having him dominate with like 200 laps led. Uh, so last week with Chase, you know, kind of proves it, why it makes sense. So I'm okay with it right now until I get seriously burned on it. Now, I mentioned him dominating. Well, last time we were here, he led 269 laps. So very, very big performance there. So you got to figure they've got the notes. Can they go back and just do the same thing? The thing about it is you look at his history at Atlanta. So we have dominant race, didn't get the win. So I'm kind of banking on, you know, he's just so angry about that, that he's going to go get it done. But in his last seven races, so overall, when we're looking at driver rating and average finish and those types of stats, for the most part, just overall blanket statement here, looking typically at the last seven races um, with Kyle Larson, missed last year's race. So seven races for him zero wins two top fives four top tens pretty good right his average finish is sixth compared to everyone in atlanta 12.1 driver rating is fourth in that seven race time span 98.0 so those numbers are solid but it's also a little 
queasy because it's not what you'd expect, right? I mean, 225 is just a dominant number. Um, so for me, it's the 2021 mile and a half stats that really put it over the edge and make you say, okay, I'm comfortable with that plus 225 number because average finish this year on mile and a half's 5.4 is his average finish. That's good enough for second out of everyone. And his driver rating is by far running away with the first place stat there, 135.9. I mean, that's just such a great combo to have. You've got a decent track history, a dominant performance this year in 2021 on these mile and a half. So this is the safety pick. We're going to talk about some guys with some you know longer odds, but this is a safety pick just like last week with Chase. Um, kind of learning my lesson and sticking with it. So plus 225 for the five. Now, if you want some guys that are a little bit further down the list, I'm not looking too far away from Kyle uh, Larson, that is, because we're going to Kyle Bush. But on Kyle, a few times recently, he's going off at plus 750. You're getting great value there for Kyle Bush because of the heavy odds on, on Larson. I believe Bush is the second best favorite but those odds are just too good. He's starting second, so there's something. You know, starting inside that top five, that's a great stat to have. And he is just absolutely on a tear right now. Five of his last six races, he's finished in the top five. And seven of his last ten races, he had top five finishes. So he's hot, similar to Larson. And kind of just feels like if you were to do a little bit more, we'd be talking a lot more about Kyle Busch and a lot less about Kyle Larson. Uh, if you look at his last eight races at Atlanta, no wins but he does have two career wins here. Three top fives, five top tens. Average finish at Atlanta is 7.9, which is third on the circuit. Driver rating is seventh, 95.0. So he finished fifth earlier this year in the first race in Atlanta. So that is something that I didn't realize. Made me look, you know, hey, how'd he do in mile and a half's all season so far, and in 2021, his mile and a half numbers, his average finish is first out of everyone. So it wasn't too long ago that all the talking heads and all the Twitter eggs were just cutting up Kyle Busch saying, you know, this is a down year again, similar to last year. He's having a great year. First on mile and a half. That's a, that's a stat that you need to be good at to be successful in a full season. 4.4 is his average finish. Drive rating is third, 104.4. So all great things He's five for five, finishing the top 10 on mile and a half racetracks this year. Unbelievable stat. So, hey, considering his value plus 750, I mean, that's that's great stuff. Now, here's the other thing about Kyle that stands out to me. Now, Hendrick Motorsports, after Nashville, this is according to Bob Pockris, I believe. It was a few weeks back, so I'm a little hazy on the details. Uh, but just coming to me now as we're talking about Kyle, they got a warning from NASCAR, basically saying, like, hey, we're not going to ding you, you know, as far as, I think it had to do with the nose of the car, uh, but they said, you know, you're kind of skirting the line a little too close, and typically when that happens, the race teams take that to heart, and they do make some changes, so NASCAR saw something that they didn't quite like. We haven't had a racetrack to actually see the outcome of that until now. So it's Pocono is Pocono, and then we had the road course. This is the first track, the intermediate track, where we're going to see 
is that warning actually going to matter? And if it does, does that affect Hendrick Motorsports in such a way that it opens the door for somebody else? If there is anybody else in NASCAR that's going to come kicking through that door, Kyle Busch is in perfect position to do that because he's just been so consistently good over the last month or two. So chalk it in, write it in with pen, whatever you want to say, Kyle Busch plus 750. I'm all for it. Now, I say all that about Hendrick Motorsports, but I am going to go back to that well because there's another guy out there that is getting some super good value here, and that's William Byron, Willie B. Once again, I've been on him uh, recently as well. I think I took him at Pocono, but looking for someone you know different, right, at Atlanta. Because if you're looking at the Atlanta stats. William Byron is not a guy who's going to jump off the page. He's got four starts here, one top five in those four starts. But that top five, sorry, top 10, that top 10 came this year when he finished eighth. So his best career finish in 2021, that's a good stat. His average finish, though, in four races is 19.0. That's not what you're looking for when you're trying to pick a winner. His driver rating is 15th on the circuit, 63.8. Again, not good stuff when you're looking at Atlanta. That's why he's got some good odds here at plus 1,200. But when you're looking at the 2021 mile-and-a-half racetrack stats, he has been very, very good. His average finish is third. Out of everyone, 6.0. Only behind the two Kyles, Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch. His driver rating is second, 113.4. I had to pause there just to think about that. William Byron is second on driver rating on mile and a half. So that's just so surprising to me. So here's something. We we're going to be talking a little bit more about this, but top fives, right? That's a bet. You can say yes or no. Will someone finish in the top five? Plus 155. For him to finish in the top five this week, pretty good stat. Might be something to think on here if you're not liking him to win the race. But it just feels like this guy is just so due to break out. That's why I've talked about him in the odds to win the race section uh, a little more often this past month or so. I uh, just feel like I want to be on that train when it finally happens. And it, I'm kind of feeling like it's getting closer. It's just you know, waiting for that shoe to drop, basically. So, Pocono, he performed very well. He won the pole last week at Road America. Like They're throwing all these different racetracks at him, and he's performing well. Obviously, you know, Road America got the best of him in the race, but you get what I'm saying here. And then we're going to a mile-and-a-half intermediate racetrack where his stats are through the roof. So 24 car, lock me in there for those nice long odds, plus 1,200. I'm all about it. So Larson, the heavy favorite, plus 225, lock it in. Kyle Busch plus 750, really, really good odds here. It's probably my favorite pick of the week. And then Willie B, kind of my longer shot here, trying to throw a little bit of a prayer, and that's going to finish out the odds to win the race. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. So now in the props in the top 10 section. It's usually what we do here, but we're going to do it a little bit differently this week. Trying to have a little bit more fun with Atlanta because with this style of racetrack, there is some opportunity that I'm seeing rather than the, the typical top 10 bets. So I think there's an opportunity here for the gamblers to really focus on the top five bets. I think there's money to be made. So I'm looking at some guys to finish in the top five 
as well as the top 10. So we'll kind of work our way up to the top 10 picks here. But the, the first guy that comes to mind here is Joey Logano. He's going off at plus 155. He has one top five, four top tens in his last eight races at Atlanta. His driver rating at Atlanta is fifth. That's 97.6. And then his average finish is fourth, 11.3 in his last eight races. So great numbers at Atlanta. The thing about Joey Logano that is kind of surprising, and his mile-and-a-half stats are not good. He's going to need to be better on mile-and-a-halves if he's going to do anything this season. So, Joey, a little bit of a letdown last weekend for us. Um, I'm kind of waiting for this Penske team to come out of this slump that they're in. They're in a bit of a fog. I think there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with Kyle, sorry, with Brad and everything that's going on with him, and it's affecting everyone. I think it's kind of a trickle-down effect. So waiting for them to pop out of this slump. This racetrack historically has been good for Penske. So looking for Logano to have a little bit of a bounce back here, plus 155. Now, when you're looking at the list, at least on DraftKings, for top five bets, normally on a regular week, you're going to see options that say, will they finish in the top five? Yes or no. And the yes you're typically going to get a good amount of people who are minus money, like minus 250, minus 200, minus 150. Um, this week, though, I'm seeing a little bit of a different tune here from the sports books. I don't know what has changed, but we're seeing only one person who's minus money, and that's Kyle Larson. So uh, that, to me, is what I'm saying here as far as an opportunity to make some money that typically I wouldn't have made these bets, you know. Because you've got guys out there that are very strong and you could take them to finish in the top five, not even have to win the race and get basically double your money, you know, plus 105, plus 150, plus 200. Some of these guys, hey, that's what I'm looking for. So a little bit different than the regular top 10 picks that we talk about here, but let's focus in on Kevin Harvick. All right. He's going off at plus 130, for example, to finish in the top five. Now, He's even going off at minus 240 to finish in the top 10. So we're going to put a pin in that and come back to it here because his stats at Atlanta are unreal. First in average finish, first in driver rating. In his last eight races, two wins, four top fives, seven top tens. 6.5 average finish, 127.5 driver rating. I mean, they're just through the roof, these numbers. They're monumental. So this is a track, I can remember when we came to Atlanta the first time in 2021, I was all over Kevin Harvick saying, hey, this is the slump buster. This is the one that's going to get him out of it. And if you remember, he struggled early. I think he had problems on pit road, um, tire issue, and he fought. He was a lap down early. He fought and he fought and he fought and he finished 10th scrambled for a top 10. So the amount of adversity that he faced in that race to still scrap for a top 10 is admirable, really. So to do it again, you know, maybe bust it up there to a top five, I think plus 130 is a decent number here. And, you know, ninth this year in driver rating 2021 mile and a half racetracks, and he's sixth in average finish this year. So we're talking about Kevin Arvick, not the guy that we're used to seeing, but still, you know, sixth in average finish on mile and a half. Those are good numbers. So this is a great combination of racetrack history and 2021 mile and a half figures that are going to get you a good payout. 
They're not horrible whatsoever. So in his last seven races, he's finished in the top 10 all seven times. Seven straight top 10 finishes at Atlanta. That's what makes you really think, well, shit, maybe I'll go with a minus 240 number to finish in the top 10. Like After seeing what he did last time, there's nothing he can't overcome, right? Unless he completely wrecks the car and, and puts in the garage. If he's out on the racetrack, he's got an opportunity to finish in that top 10. He proved it. So plus 130, I'm liking that top five bet. But minus 240 as well, hey, that could be worth it. You have to throw a little bit more money up to get the value, but still very intriguing all around Kevin Harvick in that bet. Now, I'll also mention Martin Truex Jr. kind of in the same vein. I'm going to throw that head-to-head over to RJ later and have him answer who he likes better. But we, earlier in the year, were able to parlay top 10 picks at Atlanta. And Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. are two guys who have performed well here with top 10 finishes. Um, recently, decent top 10 performances on mile and a half this year. If you parlay those guys together to finish in the top 10 at Atlanta, if they let you. Now, FanDuel was the one that let us do it last time around. They don't have their odds up yet, so I can't test it. But um, you can put it together just to see what it would be on um, a calculator, and it would be plus 105 together. So that's pretty good. If you're able to do that, keep your eyes peeled. I'll obviously post it if I see it. But still, Martin Truex Jr. kind of a similar situation as Kevin Harvick um, when it comes to the top 10 finishes. Now, Kurt Busch is my last guy I'm going to take. No surprise, right? If you've been listening to the podcast, we know that we love Kurt Busch right now. And in his last eight races at Atlanta, two top fives, five top tens, I was all over him last time in race one, and he got totally screwed. Got somebody ran in the back of him, and he didn't get a chance to, you know, really come back from that. So he's got redemption on his mind, I have to imagine, because his numbers here at Atlanta are so good. Driver rating sixth out of everyone, 97.2. Average finish fifth, 11.4. Those numbers, you know, you don't see those every week, especially for a guy who's going off at plus 105 to finish in the top 10. Like, that's pretty damn good. And and now we're finally starting to see the sports books respect him a little bit more because he's, for the first time in a while, not going off at plus 140. So they definitely have, uh, or he has their attention in Vegas. That's for sure. But looking at his last 2021 stats, four of the last five races he's finished in the top 10. He has one top 10 finish on mile and a half tracks this year. It was at Homestead. Uh, but... I think this is where, you know, he kind of comes back and gets redemption on mile and a half. So lock it in, plus 105. This wave is not crashing yet. Don't hop off. Don't hop off the wave. It's still going. It's still going. Kurt Busch, lock it in. Trex Jr. is going to be aggressive. Denny Hamlin out front. Aggressive goes around. So now we'll get to the head-to-head section. It's been probably our strongest part of the podcast all season long. And I'm feeling pretty good about these picks as well. Uh, Feeling a little bit more at home with the mile and a half picks. Uh, The road course was just totally a bit of a crapshoot there, especially before practice and qualifying. So now we know there is no practice, is no qualifying. Kind of have a little bit more of uh, stuff to work off of here. So let's go to a very intriguing matchup, a fun bet to follow along with this coming weekend. And this is a battle of the RCR teammates, Tyler Reddick 
and Austin Dillon both going off at minus 115 each. And RCR has just been so improved on the intermediate racetracks this year, and the stats prove it. So we're going to go through these here for both these guys, because when I was going through the mile and a half stats, both of the names jumped out at me, and I needed to then look a little bit further when I saw they were facing off against each other in a head-to-head matchup. So Tyler Reddick, he's only been to Atlanta two times, one top 20 finish. He finished 16th last year in the 2020 season. Earlier this year, he finished 26th. So, hey, not great there for Tyler Reddick, but such a small sample size. Now, like I said, in 2021, the eight car definitely jumps out at you. Five races, he's got one top five, three top tens. His average finish of mile-and-a-half tracks, 11th out of everyone, 13.2. And his drive rating's 14th, 78.1. So, good numbers there. Numbers that I didn't expect to see. He kind of jumped out. Great race last week for Tyler Reddick. I was, I think I picked against him and still hit. But uh, he performed very well. And he was in the top 10 all, all race last Sunday. He ended up bringing the car home in eighth place. Such a cool thing for that eight team. So he's starting seventh. So momentum on their side going to the mile and a half intermediate track. Um, seems to be a, a positive there for that team. Now, speaking of success last week, Austin Dillon. I mean, he too performed pretty well. He started in the back because he got caught up in that qualifying crap that went down to, to start the day on Sunday. But in any case, you saw him drive through the field and he ended up finishing 11th in that road course race, which you know, if you follow Austin Dillon, you know that that's a pretty big deal. And the thing about Austin is it was very clear that he was trying to put in the work last week. And he was driving the Trans Am race earlier in the, the weekend and just really trying to focus on getting it done. And he sure did. I mean, he proved it driving through the field. Uh, I think he had to do it a couple times, if I'm not mistaken, but really good stuff there for the three car as well as his teammate. So, Looking at Atlanta now, last eight races for Austin, he has a top 10 finish, which was a sixth place this year, and four top 15 finishes. So a little bit better when you're talking about those finishes compared to the uh, one top 20 for Reddick, but like I said, smaller sample size for the eight car. Now, Austin's average finish is 19.8. 2021, the stats on mile and a half jump out at you even more so than Tyler Reddick. And that's probably what's going to get it done for him in my pick here. Because in the 2021 season, his average finish on mile and a half is fifth out of everyone. Unbelievable. I never would have said that. Uh, if I, I, you know, you told me ahead of time, hey, Phil, pick the top five guys on mile and a half. I would have been wrong, wrong, wrong. 9.2 is his average finish. Driver rating is 11th out of everyone. So he's getting better finishes than I guess he probably deserves, but still his driver rating is 91.0. That is still much better than Tyler Reddick's, which was like 78 something. So I'm going to go with Austin Dillon in this matchup. I'm going to go with more of the veteran here. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing here in these stats this season. I like how he's putting in work. Things are just clicking, I guess you could say, for that three car. So they're going to be starting to fine tune things for the playoff push and, and, see how it goes both of these guys are mind you but uh, i think austin knows that he has a better chance of going further in the playoffs so hey lock me in for the three car minus 115 
Austin Dillon. Now, the next matchup that we have here is a battle of buddies. And this is one that I just don't think makes sense when I'm looking at the odds. So we're going to break it down a little bit differently here. Chase Elliott, minus 134, taking on Ryan Blaney, plus 100. The odds to me are strange here because you're getting much better odds for Ryan Blaney. Plus 100 in NASCAR head-to-heads is basically the sportsbook saying, like, yeah, this guy is a huge underdog. And I guess when you look at the way these guys have been performing recently, that makes a ton of sense. Like Chase Elliott's been winning races. Ryan Blaney's been, you know, falling back. And Penske as a whole, like we said, not getting it done. But then you have to focus on this racetrack and, you know, the other stats they've been focused on, mile and a half this year. Because Blaney beats Chase in essentially all the stats that we care about here. So let's just focus on Atlanta first. Average finish, 13.7 for Blaney, 14.7 for Chase. So that's one check mark. Chase has them in the top 10 column. He's got four top 10 finishes in the last eight races compared to Blaney's two. But Blaney, he won that race earlier this year. He's the current Atlanta champion here. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you could count up top 10s, but hey, how about winning the damn race? Driver rating, Blaney has him by a smidge in the last eight races, 90.9 to 89.9 by one driver rating point there. And compared to the rest of NASCAR, they're ninth and 10th in that category. So it's very close, but Blaney still has them by a smidge there. Um, In 2021, neither guys are that great on mile and a half racetracks. Blaney, his average finish on mile and a half is 13.8. He's got one win, the Atlanta win, two top fives, two top tens, and three top 15s. Chase is right behind him, 14.4 is his average finish, two top fives, two top tens, and four top 15. So, uh, again, just a smidge to Blaney in the driver rating category, 95.6 to 93.7. So, all of those numbers tell the same story. Blaney is slightly better when you're looking at the data, looking at the stats. Why, then, is he plus 100? That is the strange thing to me. His starting position might have something to do with it. Chase starting from the pole and Blaney starting 15th. But, you know, I don't think those numbers that we just ripped off there warrant the plus 100. So I'm going to go with the underdog here, plus 100, and try to cash a good ticket. Um, Yeah, Blaney, lock it in. I'm a big fan of when you go back to a racetrack that you've won at last time you were there. So positive momentum there, I guess you could say, for that 12th car. They need it. They really do need it. Um, So lock me in, Blaney, over Chase. Now, the last one that I have for you is one that we've talked about throughout the year because I I just love this one because these guys swapped rides essentially a couple years ago. Chris Buescher, minus 115 against Ricky Stenhouse, minus 115. We had this matchup a couple weeks ago, and we hit. So we're going to go back on the same horse, but let's break it down. If you don't remember who I chose, we'll throw you in a little bit of suspense here. Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s last eight races, he has one top 10, four top 15s, and seven top 20s at Atlanta. So pretty consistent number there. Average finish, 17.3. Driver rating, compared to everyone, is 12th, 77.5. The thing about it is he doesn't have a top 10 finish in his last five races. He's very consistent in being in the mid-teens, which typically in a top 
or sorry, in a head-to-head matchup. I don't mind that normally, all right? But uh, let's take a look at Chris Buescher because in his last eight races, uh, it's actually six races for Buescher, two top 10 finishes and only two top 20 finishes. His average finish is 19.2, which is a little bit less or worse compared to Stenhouse. But those two top 10s have come in the last three races at Atlanta. That's an important thing to say because we just said Stenhouse is in a drought looking for top 10s. Meanwhile, Busher's on the up and up. Two of the last three. 2021, both have some okay stats, but Busher, he was the surprise. His average finish compared to everyone on mile and a half this year was eighth. He's ranked eighth, 11.2. Three top 10s, four top 15s on mile and a half racetracks. Meanwhile, Stenhouse, he's got four top 15s, but he hasn't broken into the top 10 yet this year. So pretty consistent again when we're talking about Stenhouse. That is notable and something that you can typically hang your hat on. But I like the upside. There's definitely more of an upside with Busher in this matchup. He has the ability to break into that top 10 and snag a really good finish for his team and therefore you. So I like that extra, maybe less consistent, but more upside here for Chris Busher. Minus 115, lock me in. So to recap our picks for this week in Atlanta, Austin Dillon minus 115. Ryan Blaney, the underdog. So we were lucky enough to have another guest join us this week on the podcast to help us break down Atlanta, get his thoughts on it. This is RJ Starcevic. He runs the Instagram account NASCAR Report. You probably follow that if you're a big NASCAR fan. I know I do, but if you don't, it's definitely worth the follow because you're getting all your news and updates from that account. He also has his own podcast with Tommy Joe Martin's Xfinity Series driver. It's called The Driver's Meeting, so definitely worth a look as well. So we break down Atlanta, get his thoughts, pick his brain a little bit about that. We hear a little bit about running that Instagram account and breaking NASCAR news. It's a great conversation with RJ. So without further ado, let's get to it. So now we'll welcome on to the podcast someone very happy to have with us, uh, the owner and operator of the NASCAR Report Instagram account, very popular account, and co-host of the Drivers Meeting podcast, RJ Starcevic. RJ, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Glad to be here. So we are going to break down Atlanta. I'm happy to have someone aboard to do that because uh, some would say it's kind of a boring track, but we'll get to that in a second. I wanted to ask you first about NASCAR report and then uh, your, your podcast as well. Um, but NASCAR report is an Instagram account that if you're not following it, I mean, you definitely should be. I feel like I get my news from you more than uh, just like NASCAR proper. You know what I mean? It, it comes up on my algorithm basically every time I log in. You are a hustler. It, it comes out. You're always posting. I mean, is the ratio to fund a stressful like you know, still fun or, or, you know, is it starting to get to be a little overwhelming? It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, when, when I started doing Instagram posting like that, I mean, it was a while ago, it was like 
almost four or five, six years ago, I really started doing all that. And it's really just, I mean, it still evolves over time. I mean, I don't know how far you'd have to dig back to see like old posts. Like you, you learn, I mean, I feel like I learn like every week. And when I first started doing it, it was really just for fun. I was posting, you know, race results, practice results, stuff like that. I enjoyed like typing that stuff out. Uh, by hand. And over time, especially over the last year, I've really developed the want to like, you know, get into the sport and the industry. And I'm like, man, I really would love to become a porter, a reporter. Like uh, the other day, I actually got officially approved into the NASCAR uh, media area. So I'll get wow. to have access to all the NASCAR media. That was definitely a, a big step in, you know, making, making a dream come true. So, I mean, I love the sport. And I'm still a fan like everybody else, but it's it's a lot of fun, you know the the news side of it and and posting all the the results is still, you know I do it by hand. I've just gotten used to it, you know. I've seen some some people have watched me like type out posts. They're like, man, how do you how do you do that so fast? And why do you? I'm like, I, I don't know. I've just got, I've gotten so used to it over time. It just it happens. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun for sure. I mean, there's only a few stressful times. I mean, even just before you know doing a, an interview or a podcast, you get you get a little butterflies and a little stressed out just trying to figure out you know what you're going to ask or what you're going to say but other than that it's it's a lot of fun and i mean the a long road ahead for sure so i'm definitely blessed to be doing it and blessed to have the following that i have too it has grown tremendously in the last year big time i mean do you get like the the rush of like breaking news when you see like something you know coming up like just even something as simple as like the atlanta repave like I found that out through you. I don't know when, you know, I don't, I don't ever go back and look to see like who posted first, but like, do you get like a rush of like, I'm going to get this out ASAP or is it more so just like making sure you get everything right? Yeah, it, it it's both kind of, you, you got to make sure at first you're really going through like, all right, we got to get this out, type it up. And then after it's kind of, you get, it's the little phase of looking over it, making sure everything's good to go. And sometimes even when I post things like that, I'll post it just the main context of what it is. So everyone gets an idea of it. So everybody knows, and then you can go back and edit the post, add more information. So with that specifically, that's what I did is I put that out because, you know, I haven't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't officially a a NASCAR media member until a few days ago. So I didn't know, you know, all this news over the past few years that I've been posting, I've either had to, you know, really dig and and try to find out myself or, or I hear it and I just kind of wait until, you know, an official outlet puts it out there. So I know it's okay. Cause I don't want to just post a rumor or something. Cause that's not supposed to be posted before they officially announce it, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to have respect for that. So, um, sure. yeah, it's, it's a rush, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to go around and, you know, cause I got, you know, I've, I've found better ways with like the, the graphics I post on the page to kind of have like a, a quick base to make something, but yeah, for the Atlanta one, I kind of figured, I mean, with along the rest of us that, you know, it was, probably going to be repaved so you know just didn't know the exact details so so now we know the details and yeah it was definitely uh you know in general in a rush you know when some of that stuff comes out yeah. and it was cool the way they uh they did the announcement and uh yeah that's that's really about it on the posting side very cool i mean you know i don't know where i would be without the news that you post so i appreciate all your hard work uh, i'm sure a lot of people do and then you guys started up a a podcast as well last week drivers meeting podcast um how's that going man so yeah with with tommy joe martins uh who does it with me i you know for those of you who don't know you should know but he drives in the the xfinity (laughs) series team owner driver awesome guy um he was really 
the first ever driver that I had ever like interacted with when I was doing my Instagram page. And this was back like four years ago. Um, you know, in like a comment section of my page, I realized he followed me. Um, and it was crazy. And you know, we never really had talked through then, but about a year ago, uh, I got together. He was, he took part in one of the iRacing events I put on, which was really cool. And then I was able to do a few interviews with him over the summer. And then around November, I was, you know, debating this podcast thing. And I knew Tommy Joe, even when we did interviews, um, through the interview, we would just start talking about, you know, the, the sport, the Xfinity series and, you know, kind of drift away from just the interview. So I thought that was really cool. And he always told me about how he had like a journalism background. He studied journalism uh, through school and stuff like that and wanted to become a reporter. So I, I passed the idea to him around, I think, yeah, last October, November, and he was all for it. So, and we're uh, just recorded our 36th episode a few days ago uh, with Ernie Francis Jr. who is our guest, awesome guest. So, I mean, we've been blessed to have so many great guests on the show. I mean, Alan Bestwick is, has joined us um, to, at the new year uh, earlier. So that was awesome. So it, it's been really cool. I was never even a big podcast listener before, like in October when I started. And so I've been learning a lot, you know, even just, just like the Instagram page every day, every episode, I'm learning more stuff, you know, with between editing it and really how to run it. So it's been great. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback from it as well. That uh, has definitely pushed us to keep pushing forward with it. So it's definitely been a great experience and hopefully uh, more ahead. Absolutely. I mean, the thing with podcasts is like when you're finding podcasts that you like, it's about like, you know, especially with NASCAR stuff, like a different angle on it. And you guys have such a good yin and yang. I, I just have to say, like, you know, when you guys break down the races and everything, just and your guests are phenomenal. Like the, the fact you guys are able to grab Ernie Francis Jr. Like the, the week after his win, like it's so cool to, to, you know, see that stuff happen. So props to you guys doing great. Um, so now let's get to the gambling aspect of it. We're going to Atlanta. I just have to ask you right off the bat, are you a fan of Atlanta or are you not a fan? Cause it seems like it's a pretty polarizing place. Well, uh, I actually had the, the pleasure to go there earlier this year for the first time. I'd never been to Atlanta. Uh, and it's one of the few races I've, I've been able to go to over, over time. And I got to go to the whole weekend, watched all three of the races and, you know, something that I was talking about uh, with Tommy Joe or just other people that ask, you know, it's like, um, I mean, it's, it's a good racetrack, you know, it's, it's very worn down. Uh, I thought the Xfinity race from watching it in person, uh, was, you know, there was battles all over great racing throughout the track, you know, and the, and the cup series, you know, I feel like there's only so much of that type of racing you can get out of kind of what the package we run. So I, I still think it's, it's a good racetrack. Um, you know, it's, it is still unique. Uh, just because of the surface, you know, and what it does to the tires and strategy and stuff like that. And and we've all seen, you know, that what's happened over the past years, you know, maybe not the last three, four years haven't had, you know, a ton of super rememberable, rememberable memories, but definitely before that uh, there's been a lot of things that's happened there. That's been really cool as far as battles and finishes and stuff like that. So I think it's definitely a very, still prestigious racetrack and and it'll be interesting to see what they're doing here i mean this is you know this weekend is the last race on what there's the current surface and stuff like that so they'll be repaving it reprofiling it you know add more banking in the corners and stuff like that you know uh track's not going to be as wide they're trying to make it kind of tommy joe's analogy was kind of trying to make it a miniature daytona 
you know, with, uh, with the next gen car with, uh, they want more on throttle time and kind of pack racing. So I think that's what they're going for. We'll see, you know, what happens yeah. with it, but yeah. you know, it, it's one thing to be a goal and one thing to see the end result. You know, you just, we just don't want it to, uh, be a bad repave. You know, we want this hopefully to work out, uh, for many years to come so they don't have to make any further adjustments to it. Um, but yeah, overall Atlanta currently, uh, I still enjoy it. Being there in person was great. It's a great facility, a great, great place to watch a race for sure. So I think a lot of people have a taste in their mouth from earlier in the year. You watched it in person. sounds like Kyle Larson dominating that race and then letting it slip away. Um, he's going off as a huge favorite. Obviously, I think a lot of people probably would have predicted that when they were leaving the track that day. Uh, he's plus 225. Then it drops off, you know, all the way back to plus 750 to I believe it's Kyle Bush. Um, are you scared at all from that number? Or, you know, is that still enough to, you know, throw some money down on Larson at this point, plus 225? Is he worth that? Well, you know, that, that Atlanta performance was, was dominated by Kyle Larson. The only thing that threw him off was just, you know, maybe burning up a little bit too much tire at the end and Blaney scooted by. Um, and Ryan Blaney towards the end was really the only one in his time zone really that was able to run him down all race. And as of recent, you know, we haven't seen too much out of, out of the Penske group and Ryan Blaney, but Kyle Larson, you got to think that race, uh, fourth race of the season. I mean, that wasn't even, that really was the beginning of their hot streak, you know, Kyle yeah. Larson winning so many races in a row. So it is definitely uh, a big time with those odds for Kyle Larson. Um, but, but it's really hard to, to look at anyone else to dominate. I mean, with his performance and you got to think they've learned um, from maybe what they did wrong, you know, especially as a driver as well, um, maybe what to fix, but you look at everyone else, everyone else had a race to kind of evaluate their programs as well. Everyone learned. And now, you know, they kind of have a notebook coming into this race. So, you know, I'm a li little nervous about, about the odds there, you know, being so, um, <laughs> high on Kyle Larson, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, really that's, that's the guy, if you're going to bet on somebody, uh, to win this weekend for sure to, you know, relying on last race's performance, it would definitely be uh, Kyle Larson. So Blaney got the win last time, like you said, scooting by at the very end, taking advantage of a, you know, minor screw up. He was probably like plus 1600 to win that race, um, which is phenomenal value because Kyle is such a heavy favorite, you do have a lot of big names in that type of like, you know, longer odds, uh, but doable window. So is there anybody on your radar that you're looking at that could maybe, you know, if it's not Larson, who would it be? Yeah. And in that area, as far as down there, maybe around in, in that number, I'm kind of looking at someone like uh, uh, Alex Bowman, potentially he's he's in that area he could you know play spoiler i mean any of the hendrick cars would be easy to bet on you know at this point of the season about how strong they've been and one thing i notice about the penske cars over the years i mean i feel like it's just been a trend every year is usually they start off pretty hot you know get maybe get a few wins uh, and then towards that middle part of the season you don't see as much uh, from the penske organization but then when it comes time for the playoffs they start to pick it back up again so kind of towards the middle part of the season i always feel like i'm forgetting about penske racing being like a, a race winning threat but 
Yeah, as far as down there in that area, I'm looking at, you know, Alex Bowman could potentially play spoiler. But one guy that ran really well at Atlanta was Daniel Suarez, that track house group, the fourth race huh. of the season. They were running top 10, uh, a good amount of the race, and then had a pit road. I think he sped on pit road uh, in the final stage while coming. I think he came in sixth or seventh on that stop too. sped on pit road. And you got to think they've only been getting better at track house racing. I know they just had their, uh, you know, some mechanical issues at road America, but that would be one guy that's definitely deep in the odds that I would watch uh, to potentially, you know, get a good finish and you never know with if you have a late race restart at atlanta with you know with this package three four wide on restarts you never know what can happen i like that pick for top 10 i mean yeah. i usually go through odds to win the race guys like you know who we're talking about there but um i i love top 10 picks where you're getting really good odds i hate taking you know the short odds you know the, the obvious picks minus 250 mm -hmm. for you know somebody like elliot suarez is going off at plus 325 that's a, that's a big number. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I guess he was not on my radar whatsoever, but now you have me pretty intrigued there. Um, one guy who I did call out, I just want to pick your brain on was Kurt Busch. He's going off right at plus one Oh five. The books have not respected his little run that he's on at all. He's been going off at like plus plus one forty for the past, I don't know, month and a half. And he's been reeling off some top 10 finishes after a, a rough, you know, middle of the season. Um, what do you think about Kurt? Cause I was real high on him the first race. And then he got caught up in some stuff that was not his fault yeah. and had a really rough finish. And that really sent him into a tailspin. So um, do you think this is the, the end of his wave here, this hot streak that he's on, or do you think he keeps it going? I think Chip Ganassi racing as a whole has definitely hit a hot streak, him and Ross Chastain. Um, but Kurt Busch is a guy and that whole team, I feel like if if you give him a long run at the end, like we saw uh, at the first race at Atlanta, I think they can definitely salvage a good finish. I mean, I think that's been their hot, strong suit, you know, a big, long run to the end. Uh, if you get, they got a solid car. I think it's easily, they have a great shot at the top five finish. Um, and yeah, like you noted, uh, something that definitely wasn't their fault running solid uh, on a restart near the front and, you know, just got turned into the wall. It happens. Uh, so, and, it, and it's been a hot streak for them. They've, they've done really good. So his teammate Ross Chastain. So I, hopefully, I think they can definitely carry uh, this momentum into this race. And I, I would definitely take a chance on, on a top five or for sure a top 10 uh, at a track like this for that team uh, with hopefully um, hoping nothing goes wrong. So kind of last question around this area, and then I'll, I'll throw a, a top 10 or a, sorry, a head to head pick at you. But um, Kurt to me is an interesting driver when you're looking at a specific conversation, which is I, I, I always struggle with, track history and then current season success. So his track history Atlanta is pretty, uh, pretty good. When you're looking at the rest of the guys on the circuit, he stands out to you on mile and a half this year. He has not been very good. Neither has Ross really. So what do you weigh higher? You know what I mean? Like, what do you go off of? Um, and then we talked about his like more recent success. So it's kind of like a trifecta of um things to consider is there anything that stands out to you that you look to most 
Yeah, if I had to choose between, you know, either one of those like season history or track history at this point where we are, you know, kind of in the sport, I feel like I would take season history, you know, right with, you know, the package that we're running and it's really equipment based, you know, like if you were to go track history on a guy like, you know, Kevin Harvick um, this weekend at Atlanta, like you would pick him as one of the favorites for sure. But as far as this season's gone, like, I don't know, like, is he really one of the favorites? I wouldn't pick him as one of the favorites. You know, I would hope that those guys get it together. Um, but you know, you never know with the current season that they've had, you know, for a top 10, top five, top 10 for sure. But I wouldn't say a win, but for Kurt Busch, um, I'm just looking at, like you would mention their, their last, their last string of races. Um, you know, when I'm looking at his results recently, um, you know, Nashville, different package, but still ran a, a very good race. Pocono, uh, the first Pocono race finishing sixth, that was a good run for them. But yeah, before that wasn't too great, but you know, I'm looking at the momentum and I really think that if that 42 car has, has been on as well. Uh, with Ross Chastain, you know, I really think that one car, I'm just, I'm just picturing in my head, uh, a long run to the finish at Atlanta. I really think that one car could have a good shot at a uh, top five. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. Um, I already placed that bet. So I like that. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you kind of alluded to a guy that I'm going to throw a head to head matchup out there to you. I, I, you know, kind of a random one here. I didn't give you a chance to prepare. So just from your gut, uh, two guys who I think are pretty similar. I didn't know where I would have landed if I was forced to choose. So I'm going to make you do it. Um, you mentioned Kevin Harvick. He's going up against Martin Truex Jr. I think this matchup is phenomenal because of everything that you just said. Uh, track history at Atlanta. They both are at the top of the list in you know driver rating, average finish, average running position, all the stats. Uh, but this year, you know, Harvick has been like good, not great. Truex has definitely been on a bit of a downturn. Um, so head to head this weekend at a track like this, who would you, you know, gravitate to? Well, with my gut, you know, while, while it's been shocking that Harvick really hasn't been contending for wins, if I'm just looking at the better finish uh, to rely on here, uh, I would probably go with the four crew, uh, Kevin Harvick. I mean, you know, still last race was, was a struggle for them in Atlanta, but it was just an issue on pit road. You know, they're running pretty solid, uh, I believe top five, uh, beginning of the race, um, you know, top three as well. And then I believe they had a tire going down right before a restart and it just screwed up their whole race. Went a lap down, was able to come back and rally for, I think it, yeah, 10th place finish in that race. But as for the 19 team, I just, you know, while they started off really hot, at, uh, with the 750 package, those mile and a half. So I feel like they just haven't been that, you know, existent running up front. Um, and it, it's going to be about track position as well. And, and I look at kind of where everybody's starting and, and everything can change throughout the race, but definitely gut feeling. I would have to go with, with Kevin Harvick in that head to head matchup, uh, against Martin tricks jr. Just because of what, you know, the 19 program, I feel like it's just been a hit or miss really on the mile and a half. So, you know, they're either really running up their top five or they're back there almost, you know, outside top 15, top 20 sometimes. So gut feeling I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick in that matchup. I like it. I like it. Um, I like the reasoning behind it and you know, the, the performance of basically coming from behind and in, in Atlanta, the race one was, is definitely a good point for Kevin Harvick. So yeah. Uh, good pick. That'll be the guest pick. We'll see if it hits the guests on uh, 
the pods so far this year, I think are three and three. So we'll see if we can break right. the tie. Hope so. Um, yeah. So any other picks or, or bets out there uh, before I have one more wild card question for you before I let you go? Well, I'm looking, uh, I do like to, I think you mentioned how you like to look really down on the odds and look for somebody uh, maybe to just make a splash, you know, here at Atlanta. Um, I would be looking Chase Briscoe. Uh, they have had a good string of races. That's just off the top of my head, looking at the odds, Chase Briscoe. Good race at Road America, road course. I mean, we expected them to do well there. Um, but, you know, it, it feels like they really need to click. And I feel like the last few mile and a half races have been solid uh, for them. And, you know, this is really, they have a notebook. You know, Chase Briscoe had running the first race there. They have a notebook now, kind of know what they need to do. You know, a teammate and Kevin Harvick to rely on you know, in this race, as good as he is at Atlanta. Um, I think the recent string of finishes by Briscoe at these type of tracks, I'm looking for him to potentially make a splash this weekend. Someone else I would look at um, in that area is to get a good finish. I would be looking Corey LaJoy is on a great string right now of top twenties. Um, I don't know, you know, what the bets are for just finishes like that, but just someone to watch, you know, just in case chaos ensues. Uh, Corey LaJoy has been on a great streak of uh, solid finishes at these type of tracks, but usually it's where a lot of action happens. And the race that we saw at the first part of the year, nothing, not much really happened besides the, yeah. the Kurt Busch incident. So not sure about that, but back to my original pick, uh, maybe just maybe look out for Chase Briscoe this weekend. I like that. Um, and it's really, you know, makes me pine for the sports book who's really going to come out for bets for like top 15 top 20 to get odds on those types of bets yeah. uh, briscoe for for a top 10 would definitely be a, a big splash so that would be worth it and then for lajoy there are some books out there that do offer um finish on the lead lap and lajoy is like huh. perfectly usually right around that like plus 110 you know match or uh odd so um if you have that available to you in your state that that's a good bet i like lajoy this weekend yeah, this, um, uh, just with no practice, it's it's. I feel like for for all the the betters and everyone, <laughs> no, it's. I feel like it's hard to to not really have a notebook. I mean, we have a past race to look on. That's it. But I feel like everything is so different. You know, the way of the how the past races have gone for their seasons and stuff like that. Like Ryan Blaney won the last race, but I don't know how well he's going to do this weekend. You know, just because of the past races that they've had. So it's going to be interesting. I know no practice, no qualifying probably makes it hard. I everybody doing these so it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be fun to see how everything plays out well that's great um i really appreciate time here for atlanta and then just one last wild card question i don't want to keep it too much longer but um i'm personally super excited for friday night um the dirt Ooh, yeah. on knoxville any <laughs> anything that, they don't have odds out on yet on that yet otherwise i would have came yeah. uh, prepared a little bit more for you but Anybody that stands out to you for the people out there who are just like, you know, foaming at the mouth for that one. Well, I'm going to go, you know, looking through this entry list here. We got Haley Deegan who ran the SRX there, uh, SRX race there just a few weeks ago. Don't know how much that'll translate over this race, but you never know. You got Chase Briscoe running the, uh, the 04 for Roper racing. Uh, I think he could, definitely do a solid job got a top five at, at the bristol dirt track but then you got donnie schatz i don't know how familiar everyone else was no, with him i'm not familiar with him 
Um, he does a lot of, of World of Outlaws, I believe. Trust me, I'm not a ton because I don't watch a ton on the dirt circuit, but Donnie Schatz is like apparently the guy at, at Knoxville uh, when wow. it comes to sprint cars and stuff like that. He's driving in a pretty good truck, the 17 for David Gillen racing this weekend. So that would be someone to uh, look for. Uh, but as far as the regulars, you know, you got your guys in there, um, you know, Stuart Friesen's racing a uh, great dirt driver. Um, but that, that's really all I can look at uh, as far as the truck race. I know it's just going to, it's going to be a show. You got the heat races um, qualify, I believe one practice session Thursday and then the heat races on Friday. So I'm looking forward to it because uh, this is like, you know, it's an action, it's a track meant for dirt. Uh, hopefully it all, it should all go well, you know, while Bristol dirt was really just a big, you know, experimental thing. We didn't know what was yeah. going to happen. Um, and it kind of just turned into, I don't know, it was, it was just a show. So now I know this, this weekend, it'll be, you know, Friday night under the lights at Knoxville. It's a, a dirt track meant for dirt racing and hopefully it all goes well. And hopefully it all just puts on a, a good show for the fans. And I know, Oh, Norm, Norm Benning is racing in that. I don't know where, <laughs> I don't oh. know if there are odds. I know we're probably pretty down there, but everyone loves Norm Benning. So who, who knows anything can happen. Absolutely. Be love to bet on him to just make the race from the heat races. That'd oh, be yeah. great. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like the, the fix from Eldora, you know, cause they're not going back there. So this is, this is giving me my mm -hmm. fix. So um, very good. I, those are some good people I wasn't really thinking of. So I really appreciate that. So um, RJ, this has been great. I really appreciate you. Um, I know I, I kept you a little longer than I had uh, mentioned. So um, definitely in debt here. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot. And yeah, this no weekend. problem. Glad, uh, glad to always talk NASCAR anytime. I'm, I'm, I'm always open to it. So hopefully everybody enjoys uh, this weekend's races. And yeah, glad, glad for all the support on with the, with the podcast, Instagram page. It's, it's awesome. It's a dream come true to be doing that. Hopefully more in the future. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So once again, a huge thank you to RJ for jumping on with us to talk about all things NASCAR there and all things Atlanta. Definitely a huge help to pick his brain and. We'll see how everything goes this weekend at Atlanta. And you did hear us talk at the end there a little bit about the dirt race at Knoxville Raceway. So I just want to quickly add on to that uh, post conversation here with our guests because I am super excited. I was very excited to break down some picks here for the podcast this week, but the odds just aren't out yet. I don't understand it. We've got the Xfinity and the Cup Series odds out right now. But we do not have anything on the Knoxville race. And this is, you know, something that I'm looking forward to because I've always looked forward to the Eldora Dirt Derby or whatever they ended up calling themselves there. Obviously, NASCAR had a little bit of a falling out now with Tony Stewart and Eldora. So this is our fix. This is our fix this year. You heard RJ give us some good sleepers there. Um, so that's something to consider and throw some picks down to win the race. With the truck series, we typically don't get the ability to throw in top 10 finishes. Uh, but I think, you know, if we do this week, maybe they'll make an exception because it's such a, a big event this week for the truck series. Maybe, you know, if you're a little squeamish picking some of those guys or girls for the Haley Deegan uh, aspect to win the race, top 10 could be in there as well. And... It's always interesting to me to see who we have to look at as far as head-to-head matchups are concerned. So, 
just some thoughts. You know, I didn't really get a chance to dive deep because the odds aren't out there, but you got to look at Chase Briscoe. He's probably going to be going off as the favorite. The fact that he's racing that race tells you he wants it, and he's had success at Eldora. I mean, if you want to try to cling to something, then you've got the Bristol dirt race from earlier this year, but you also have history at Eldora. I mean, it's a dirt track that the trucks ran on, meant for dirt. So Chase Briscoe has had a, a victory there. He's had some good success. So he's somebody that... You know, I would assume is going off as the favorite, but if he's not, you're probably going to get um, some shorter odds on him. But I would definitely look into that. Now, some truck regulars. How about Matt Crafton? He won at Eldora a couple years back. And this season, you know, I think hasn't really been going his way. He could surprise you. I would be very interested to see what his odds are. If he's up around that, like plus 1,000 or beyond, Mark, I mean, I really have no idea how they're going to give these so maybe i'm way undershooting it but you know i'm very interested to see what that 88 cars odds look like this weekend because he's proven that he can get it done as well so uh, he will most likely be in a head-to-head matchup against somebody now you got Stuart friesen he won the truck race at eldora last time we were there and uh, his wife is in the race she was supposed to run the cup race at bristol dirt but for whatever reason something happened she, maybe she failed to qualify or Maybe her truck didn't get there or something. There was something weird about her uh, appearance at that track, something that was kind of, you know, upsetting. We get to see her race against her husband. That'll be a cool head-to-head matchup. Obviously, some super short odds for Stewart, but hey, I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes out as well. Uh, So just so many different things here. And uh, Grant Infinger is another guy that I'm looking at this weekend to see you know, what his odds are, and I'd probably take him in a head-to-head matchup. He has shown success at Eldora as well, so he's another guy. So, tough to really break it down when you don't have the the odds to to go off of here, the matchups, but um, keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram account, at Full Tank Phil. I'll try to put some Insta stories out there with who we like Friday night. We've got those heat races. It's going to be a great time, and the main event starting 9 o'clock Eastern time, Friday night under the lights on the dirt track well that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with phil podcast thanks for joining us and again one last thanks to our guest this week rj from nascar report give him a follow on there if you don't already and go out place those bets and let's cash in at hotlanta part two and get it going because we're going racing flat track racing next week in new hampshire so let's line our pockets before we go up to the northeast remember drive fast take chances and we'll see you next week